Sure. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, the auto GPT thing from, from what I can gather really just dropped this past week. And it's one of those things where, you know, I think that I've been jumping on like, like a lot of other educators I found there are various, you know, places, certainly there's Twitter, but there's also um, uh, various groups on Facebook that have formed. Um, and I'm in a few of those just trying to kind of figure out what are people talking about? Uh, in the digital landscape, and uh, what 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 are some of the developments, and you know between those things, and then even even some various podcasts I listen to, uh, I actually ha- happen to see Auto GPT pop up in two different locations within the span of, gosh, I went to bed one night and I saw something about it um, in an article. It was actually a Cosmopolitan article of all things. It was weird. It came through my Facebook feed. And I'm like, why is Cosmopolitan coming through my feed? It made no sense. I don't, yeah, I don't read. read. I'm not a fashion person, uh, but uh, I mean, I wear clothes, but that's about it. You know, so um, I shop on my Apple news feed all the time, Cosmopolitan. And I think it's, they, they, I think they're, I think that magazine is different than what I remember when I was a kid, but I'm interrupting you, but. Yeah, well, in any event, they popped up, and I was kind of intrigued because I'm like thinking, well, why is why is Cosmopolitan talking about AI? So I'm like, all right, I'll click. Uh, you know, maybe it was just good clickbait or something. But then I started reading it, and I was like, oh, this actually, this article is actually well written, uh, and the person seemed pretty well informed. But I'm thinking, how how did I miss this? And then I, and then the following morning, I was listening to a, a great podcast called All In. Uh, with uh, it uh, takes place out of uh, Silicon Valley, um, and one of the guys that that does that is, is uh, Jason Calcanis. I think I said his name right. Yeah, Jason. Uh, you got yeah, Jake. Yeah, Jake. Right. Uh, so, in any event, he's uh, you know he was they, they had that as their main topic, and they're those guys are uh, the guys that are in that. There's like I think three other guys that do that. Uh, we're on top of that topic, and I thought, oh wow, that's crazy. Like within you know maybe 12 hours, I saw the same thing pop up and. And it seemed like it was just something that had just dropped. And essentially what AutoGPT is doing is if you think about chat GPT, whatever version you're using, you have to prompt it, okay? So you put in your prompt, whatever that may be. Uh, so let's say that you wanna like make a, a unit uh, or yeah, unit on, uh, I, I don't know, like, well, let's say, let's say a lesson. Let's say you're doing a lesson on a particular um, you know, book. Let's take the Great Gatsby, because everyone knows that one. Uh, and you you just generate maybe like a weekly lesson for that, and it'll give you some ideas. And then you say, okay, well, those are, those are some good ideas. Maybe it says something like, you know, read X number of pages, chapters one, two, three, and do some analysis on maybe the use of metaphor for a day and, and something like that. And then, but then once it gives you those results, then you have to prompt it again. And uh, oftentimes what we find is like, you know, you, you kind of keep drilling down, trying to kind of get more specific, more kind of tidy or fine tune your 
your thought process. So you can kind of have a, a really good full lesson or unit plan or whatever the case may be. But auto jet, so that's what you're doing just with just GPT. But right. like you're, you have to keep on iterative prompting it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you have to kind of keep, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, keep curating all the time. Yeah. But what auto GPT will do, and uh, and again, it's kind of working off the whole probability model that GPT does, is it will, you can start with your prompt and then it will go ahead and anticipate what the, what um, other like sub prompts would be or would be needed. So if so, what I did is I went ahead and just put in like a a, um, a, a unit plan and, and I wanted to see what could it do uh, for that unit plan. So let's see here, let's see if I can find it real quick. Well, and while you're looking to, to jump in, like what I've only looked at a little bit, but like it's it's like you have an agent, right? So auto chat GPT is like you have like you you create an agent that 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 you set, you assign a task, and when it completes a task, it then figures out the next logical task to do again. Right, right, exactly. And so it just it just kind of keep, and then it'll like check off when it's done, uh, and so. When I was putting this together, I, I was really kind of amazed by it. I ended up kind of sharing it on some Facebook groups. So I'm actually going to those so I can pull them up for you. So like one of them, excuse me, uh, that I had, is, do, 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 do. people were like commenting. It was actually pretty neat because a, a lot of people were responding really well to it. So I said for the first prompt, I said, create a unit on self-discovery for uh, junior level high school students that spans four to five weeks and allows for student choice of books as well as a research project. So I kind of want to like, you know, indicate there were a few things I want included there. So I started listing out all like what should happen each week, but then it kind of said, okay, well, that's great. But then like, what books would you need? And it could prompt that. And then, and, and then it uh, went out to like research projects It created a rubric. It started creating uh, specific assessments and it just kind of kept going. Now, the version I was using is just simply a demo. Uh, and so it, it stopped or kind of paused at a certain point, just said, hey, like this session is kind of done. But what it was telling me or what, what you know, the reason why I got so excited about it is because this is as a demo, as a beta version, they're just getting started. So this mm -hmm. really expanded out to a variety of different things. Now, but what I then did is, did is I had a, a colleague that I was talking to and he mentioned to me the other day, said, yeah, no, I really would love to take my family on a trip. Uh, and I said, well, where are you looking to go? He's like, you know, we haven't been to Europe. It'd be really cool to go. And he was trying to figure out what to do. And I said, well, what's your budget? And he was willing to share that. So I ended up just putting, uh, using auto uh, GPT and you can use GPT too, or just regular GPT and it works fine. But I wanted to see if auto GPT could do this as well. And I said, and, I, and so the prompt for that one was, I said, well, plan a one week trip to Europe for a family of four. And I indicated a husband, wife, two boys, and I mentioned their ages. Uh, and then, and I just said, their interests are, you know, French and Spanish culture and history and the budget seven grand. And it went through and it found hotels uh, and it indicated uh, locations and various uh, points of interest. And it was, and it gave like a day by day, day itinerary uh, based mm -hmm. off the $7,000. In fact, it came in $1,000 uh, uh, below budget because they said, well, we need to be able to account for souvenirs. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like it was like uh, it was not detailed. Uh, and so it really kind of was just stunning to me that it essentially was a, a, a vacation or travel agent planner, if you will. Um, but it could do that for, you know, uh, it could be a classroom planner. It could be a, an agent plan or a, excuse me, a travel agent planner. Uh, the, the example that I heard on the podcast, uh, the all in podcast was, it was uh, basically yeah. like a, an event at some winery out in Napa. Right. Yeah. So like, it, it was just kind of astounding that it could pull this together. 
Well, I think the stunning part is that is, is that you don't have to keep on prompting it. Like it keeps on going. Um, it, well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. so, so again, like the AI is moving so quickly that first we're like, here's prompt engineering, right? And then and then some companies came out where you can almost like push a button. Like if you've looked at if you've looked at um, Bing, right? It, it has the buttons that was just rewrite for you. you. You don't have to prompt it to do it. Like write an email is just a button. It's like email. Right, mm-hmm. and it knows what to do, and so so then, then there's like the buttons. This is like, and this is in the past like two weeks, and now there's a program. It's in demo mode, um, as you said. But you once you once you put your prompt in there, it just keeps on going and going and going and going and going and going. And some people have like programmed program it to like launch companies. Like you know, this is a, a lot of it's. I listened to the same All In podcast, and there was uh, there was a reference to a guy that it was automating like publishing web pages right so it was just like just spitting out web pages and 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 making them linked linkable so they're already out there it was just so that the the notion of like misinformation kind of came up but like the fact that you have something that can kind of keep on going it can iterate itself means like the the learning load for us in the future is just going to be you have an assistance like i need a lesson plan for blank Right. Well, you know, it's interesting and in, in that because I, I think there are the, the, the technology to me just sounds so inc- incredible that until I used it, I, I didn't think I was like, this is absurd. How could I actually do it? Um, but it actually seems like the most natural sort of progression. Uh, when I posted it up on onto a Facebook group, there was somebody who chimed in and they just said, well, I kind of had mixed experiences with it. And, and I kind of chuckled and was also slightly annoyed because I chuckled partly because I was like, dude, man, <laughs> like, wh- wh- what are you talking about? Like, how are you not um, wildly impressed by what this is doing? And I was annoyed because I'm like, are you not realizing I said it's a demo? <laughs> like, I didn't say this is like the final product. And think about how quickly things have shifted just since, I mean, we, we started knowing about it in, in November, December. And now right. we're talking about programs that can auto-generate uh, prompts right. to basically plan out entire like things that we didn't even think about, uh, right. and so it, it's just it's staggering to me. And so, yeah, I, it's just it, it's funny when people are critiquing it because it's like you don't even know what you're critiquing because it's not even done. It's just it's like literally in process. Um, and, and I find that kind of interesting, just psychologically, just like why are, it's it's like there's resistance or like people are like it's not as good as it should be. It kind of reminds me of that idea of like people saying, well, it's not a, it's not. Uh, you know, it's not giving me the results 100%. It's like, people don't give you results 100%. What are you right. talking about? Like, right. we're inconsistent. We're not right. always getting it right. And so so there's almost like this weird kind of like purity, uh, I guess for lack of a way, better, better way of putting it, almost like a, a purity measurement thing that we're kind of, um, or purity test is the phrase I'm looking for, that we're trying to hold the AI to as if like, well, it's if it's not 100% correct or precise, like throw it out, you know, all together. It's like, no, it's just, it's just getting better and better and, and really quickly, but give it a second, you know, because people are working on this stuff. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple things going on. Like I, I did see, I can't remember if it was a meme or if it was an article or I think it was a set, it was definitely satirical. I don't know if it was, a, it was written, but yeah. it was this whole thing about moving the goalposts like the ai critics just keep on moving the goalposts like well it won't do this yet so therefore it's not any good it won't do this yet so and every time like it does something like that i think is mind-blowing like it auto iterates that someone is like well but it didn't do this right which is is such an odd kind of i i the only thing that makes sense to me is that it's a it's kind of um one's habit or behavioral sort of like 
reaction to anything, that, that, that they are probably the types that are either so cynical or so doubtful that, that they can't stop and just be, just, just be in kind of awe and wonder of like what is happening right now. And I, and I don't mean to sound like I'm some sort of massive cheerleader for this stuff, but it's just, it's just a matter of like, it's really kind of, the whole thing's mind blowing. It, yeah, it, it, every time I'm like, oh, are you serious? Right. But, you know, and, and here's my other thought that because um, my wife, as you know, teaches, teaches science and I was showing her chat GPT and then I was practicing it and it didn't really do it. Like she was like, yeah, we already do that. And, and we do that. And but but she was like, I think I need to figure out how to prompt it. But it made me wonder if um, and I. And it, I would maybe wonder if like chat GPT and large language models and and uh, auto GPT is because we're English teachers and so much of the work we've done is can now be done <laughs> with with large language models. If it's just so stunning to us where if you're if you have, if you're in a different discipline, it's not so much. And, and I talked to a couple of the colleagues at school and um, one was a physics teacher and he, he was just kind of like, yeah, you know, and we want to have him on the show. But I, sometimes I wonder, like, if it's depending on what you teach, you know, I know that this week when we when we talked to our department about, you know, kind of an update on AI, just like kind of looking at some of the, our colleagues faces when we were showing them some of the stuff because um, they didn't update and just just hard to get a read on the room. There's some real excitement and some real shock. And then there's some, you know, critical questions. Uh, so just that whole that whole gamut of. I guess everything you and I have been through since November, I think, depending on where you are, maybe just go up doesn't do this. Sure. <laughs> well, well, so so I guess let me give you let me give you like a maybe an example outside of our field that really kind of struck me is surprising that I found out a past about the past, I think it was yesterday, uh yesterday morning. And again, just a just a RAM thing that kind of popped up in online. And uh so the the company uh Bex Beer, uh, apparently they're having like a 150th anniversary. And they literally used GPT. They didn't even use auto GPT, although you could see it being adaptable to it very easily. But they basically made an entire beer recipe. Uh, and they're calling it Bex Autonomous. And it's a limited run because uh, it's just kind of honoring the 150th. But they want to see if they could do it. I've actually thought it was pretty remarkable and cool that they bothered to try. But they said what was so they, they had ChatGPT create a beer recipe and then figure out how to actually uh, market it. Right. And right. deliver it. And, and I don't know how they did that exactly, but they found a way to make it work. And what a wonderful sort of ad campaign. And make right. the graphics, if I remember, because you yeah. sent me that. Yeah. So, I mean, you can look that up and it's just like, yeah, exactly. So it gave them even visuals for it. And I thought, my God, <laughs> like, and we're yeah. just getting started. And that's what that's what the venture capitalist guys on all in. If you've never heard the program, it's a venture capitalist podcast, which is weird. The English teachers listen to it, but we have our reasons for it. Um, because we're but, secretly billionaires, right? What's that? We're secretly billionaires. That's oh yeah, point. we're secretly billionaires because we're that's what happens when you're in public ed. Um, but uh, but the thing is that what those guys were talking about on, on that really blew me away is that is like it was like the moment when they themselves were saying, "Hey, we're like companies are no longer made, like startup companies may no longer be like ten or I'm sorry, fifty or hundred people. It might be two guys or two ladies or two just two people because mm-hmm. All of your marketing can be done with chat GPT or especially with auto GPT or an entire campaign. Your website can be built. Your coding can be done. They're talking about like, you know, people that are really good at coding, like, you know, 10X coders. And 
and one 10x coder told another good coder, like, well, we're both 10x coders now because we can get out the same amount of work. So like just the the, the amount of stuff that can happen with that one person can do is like shrunk that time frame. Well, and, and to that point, the startup costs have, are going to drop precipitously. So right. you don't need to necessarily have, you know, millions or even hundreds of thousands of dollars necessarily. It's like you can just pull it out. It's, you know, you brought up before this idea of, um, uh, I, I, by way of analogy, this idea of like, you know, garage bands and how you have kind of like these, um, uh, you, you, you kind of just make stuff out of your, your garage. You don't really need, there's no startup, there's no overhead, there's no, uh, you know, a, a, a massive costs involved. Uh, you just need people who, with an idea and the ability to execute it. And that's kind of where we're at with a lot of this stuff, especially if you're going to stay in the digital realm and you don't need to buy physical, you know, uh, I guess assets or what have you. So it's really pretty amazing. And, and it seems to me, actually, it makes a lot of sense coming out of just generational, generationally speaking where we're at. You think about how many people are uh, creating jobs that just weren't a thing when we were younger. I mean, the idea of, a, of an influencer is not new now. But when right. it was, it's like, what are you talking about? Like people make, I, I saw the most ridiculous story the other day. Somebody has, was lit, is literally making hundreds of thousands of dollars of just recording themselves sleeping. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a novel idea. I mean, I think it's- The chewing noises and the- yeah, the ASMR. It's like, but there's a market for it. And you're like, you, it's like stuff you didn't even know could be possible as a market is a market. And you're like, What? And so I guess that's where, like, when people are kind of you can know how to market it, and an AI can market it for you. Right, right. Uh, And and so the fact that people are kind of naysaying or poo-pooing or just not seeing it, to me, that that just shows a lack of kind of or or unwillingness or maybe I wouldn't say inability because I think everyone has the ability to to kind of touch back to that sense of wonder and excitement and and creativity that, that we have as kids. But I think that as we get older, that kind of weans away or, or goes away for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is a great technology that, that has really kind of reopened that for me. I'm like, oh my God, but there's this and there's this and there's this. And to me, it's just exciting because it's like it's like the big the world's biggest playground. You're like, well, now what can we do? <laughs> you know, like let's just kind of push it. I know. And so there's you, you conceivably with with auto GPT, mm-hmm. um, the, the task of prompting has become way easier. And it, it, it'll get down to the level of being push buttons, right? Um, right, because right now you still have to. You know, there, there's stuff you have to do. Like if you want to go, if you don't want to run out of time, you have to give it your API key, and right? so it's still kind of tech heavy. Um, but, 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 but but Mike, not as tech heavy as you might think. And in other words, I remember past couple of weeks we've been talking about how, do, like, what's an API and how do you get that access key? Right. To like, you'll get extra tokens so you can kind of have more lines of of code or whatever, not code, but like more outputs. And, and and I don't mean to talk over the audience's head because sometimes I'm like, I think I know what I'm talking about. But uh, that stuff I figured out this morning without much complication. And it, it wasn't as hard as I thought. Um, I, I, I'm not an expert by any stretch at all. Uh, well, I guess I don't know. But a lot of that stuff, I think, is going to be kind of resolved for us because as it gets more and more developed for the masses, it has to become much more intuitive and just kind of understandable to people. But I remember, I don't know if you had this experience, but years ago when, when apps came out, someone tried to explain to me, I'm like, I don't even know conceptually what you're talking right. about. Like, I'm like, what is an app? What does that mean? And they're like, well, it's an application. I'm like, I still don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, what? Because it was so new to me. And then I started playing with a bunch of them. I'm like, oh, now I see examples. And now I have a concept of like roughly this. Is- that, that was my point is like, it's it's still slightly tech heavy because you have to go to auto, auto GPT and there's a thing and you run out of tokens. So if you want to have more tokens, you have to then give it an API key. 
where like if you go to Bing now, Chat GPT is just right there. And it's, right, it's, it's right. immediate that you're just like, oh, I can, it'll write an email for me. I can copy and paste it or, or it'll do a blog post. Yeah. Right? Like you don't, you don't even have to make an open AI account. It's just there. Right. And that. Right. So, and so, so in other words, and you start taking the word Bing and you make it a verb. So I'm going to Bing it, which sounds right. really weird. But yeah. 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 Bing, Bing made my itinerary for me. Right. Right. Bing's yeah. my assistant. Right. Um, I mean, even, and, and we, we've kind of played around and, and looked at um, a program called Studo, right? It's S-U-D-O, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there's another example of a program that um, is using large language models, it's using uh, chat GPT, but they, they've, the word tuning, I'm hearing more and more, like they've tuned a model to do a specific thing. And so Studo, right, is, is an assistant for, for writing fiction, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's like, you know, if, if you've done any writing, um, if you've used a, a product called Scrivener, it was like kind of a way to like organize all of your fiction materials. Um, but then like Pseudowrite is an interface where you, you can type a paragraph and then there's a button and you can highlight a paragraph or a word or a phrase or a sentence and you can have it and you can hit the, the, the describe button. And then the five senses pop up. You can say like sight or smell. And they'll give you three examples of, of in how to incorporate descriptions and it'll rewrite the paragraph three different ways or the mm-hmm. sentence, whatever you highlighted in such a way that you get it shows you what you could possibly do, or, or you can have it just write for you for plot points. Um, it can it, so it's it's kind of it, it, it's fine-tuned for just a creative writer, right? And that's how they market it, is it's like an, an AI assistant for for fiction writing, but this this notion of like things are just going to get easier. Whereas if you're a prompt, you know, if you had to prompt engineer, you'd have to like take your paragraph and probably write something like, you are a fiction editor, take this paragraph and make it more descriptive using the blah, 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 right? You have to write this big, long prompt and maybe you'd get it to do it or not, but Mm -hmm. the company that built this has done that for us. So you just get the workable program. Right, right. But and, and I think that, you know, I wonder, because I think when you first introduced me to Pseudowrite, I was wondering to what extent will writers or maybe developing emerging writers want to use it? Uh, to what extent do they feel like maybe that it, it either helps or hinders their voice? And I think obviously it depends upon the individual to some extent. In other words, that like, you know, depending on how much you want to lean on it, or you're like, you know, I really kind of can come up with my own ideas, but maybe I just use it for brainstorming, or maybe just to kind of see what a tonal shift might be, or I don't know, just kind of play around and see what your options are. Uh, there was, there was a, um, um, an author named Leanne Leeds who uh, caught on a podcast uh, called The Creative Pen, which is actually, I mean, I've only listened to it one time, but I was like, this is a great podcast. So it made me worth checking out for people, but that's focusing on creative writing. But she had Leanne Leeds on there who's, a, who's an author. She's written you know tons of books. And she's saying, look, I still come up with my own characters. You know, I still do my own, uh, you know, kind of thinking on the plot line, but she's like, you know, but maybe uh, I, I'll actually use a direct quote from the creator pen uh, interview. She says, I will quote, I will use chat GPT to generate red herrings or generate different suspects End quote. Right. Cause what she's saying is like, look, I don't, I don't lean on it. So I don't have it write my stories, but I have them maybe help out with different elements of it here and there, especially if I'm kind of stuck or I'm not quite sure if I want to tr- kind of play around and try something different. Uh, and she's actually like, it's, it's pretty useful in that regard. Um, but she doesn't use all the functions, you know, just like you wouldn't use all the functions on say, I don't know, some sort of, um, trying to think of a, a good tool that has a variety of different settings on it. Microsoft Word. There you, you go. Every right. single thing that you can do, right? Like you, right. I needed to do this. 
Yep. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it seems like a kind of a cool program if you want to go down that route. Um, well, I, th- I thought she said something interesting, Pat. Um, she, she'd said in that, you, you, you'd hit me to that podcast and I listened to it. And, um, so thank you for that. Um, but she'd said, she's like, I'm a commercial writer, which means that my audience has expectations of what they want my stories to be like. Mm-hmm. And if I can deliver a better story, like if I can kind of like shore up my weaknesses and offer it and she says, I shoot and offer my readers a better experience. Than mm-hmm. I'm gonna, and she goes, I do, I'm dialogue heavy. And I, you know, I, I need to do more, do more description. So she goes, I've used it for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, being an English teacher, I'd never thought about like, oh, a commercial writer that you're just, you're creating a product for an end user experience. You know, as I, you get all like in the world, right? right. When you, and so I, I kind of thought about that and I was like, well, yeah, you're right. If you're, if, if your goal is to like, please your audience when there's nothing wrong with that, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that as a pejorative. Well, it made me think, and, and I'd love to actually have somebody on the show at some point that maybe can speak this a little bit more because it seems to me, and I'm sure you have your own thoughts on it once I bring this up, but you know, there, there's kind of oftentimes that almost like a, a the myth of the writer or, or the creative type, right? That there's a, a certain kind of um, way in which we think about creatives where they're, they're kind of off in a cabin writing a book. And, and they're solitary. And it's just like, but that's not what most writers do. I mean, yet you can have some that are pretty solitary, I suppose. I mean, it seems to me that um, uh, J.D. Salinger was kind of like that, but I don't Finch. think that's what part, Finch. Okay, fine. But I don't, a lot of writers are are constantly bouncing back uh, ideas, um, you know, with, with other people, whether it's editors or other, you know, other writers. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this notion that that somehow to be a writer means that you have to be completely on your own without any sort of supports. I think that, that that's part, that's a myth. I don't, I don't think that that is a, a healthy one either. I think it actually inhibits and prohibits people from actually writing on their own terms more uh, than maybe the other. Well, the whole reason that you would attend a, a writer's workshop or a retreat, or you, you'd look for an agent that you'd, you'd get some feedback. Right. 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 Well, and to your point, at the end that's of the day, why you go to the, the again MFA and you sit in writers' workshops and people help well, you work on your pieces. And, and and the business is already hard enough. It is. I mean, to make a living off of writing is incredibly difficult. So right. it would be kind of ridiculous to not reach out and get feedback because you're going to need it. Right. You're going to have to be able to learn how to market yourself uh, because at the end of the day, there's the whole business side of it. Uh, you know, otherwise, I mean, everyone was welcome to write for themselves. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want your, your work to be read by other people, you got to put it out there and you're, and you're going to get feedback and you may or may not like it. Some of you might. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's just uh, it's just interesting. Yeah, good. So this goes back to our, our guest last, on our last podcast with Katie Trowbridge from Curiosity to Create about like that whole like to be creative is one thing, but, but, you know, you have to create a product that's worthwhile. Exactly. Right. That's precisely right. what it is. It's just like on your refrigerator, right? So mm-hmm. what, what is that? So if you can create a better pot product, then is using AI so bad? No. Right. So here. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I did I did play with Sudorite a little bit. Uh, I did find that it was, uh, in fairness, it is a new skill. I mean, to be able to just use the program itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like you can just up and use it and it, it that it's... I think it's pretty intuitive. I think there's some great sort of features, like it can kind of help you develop, uh, uh, you know, you can, you can, I guess, description. So if you wanted it to, 
uh, if you want a paragraph to sound uh, or kind of appeal more to like the senses, like there's a whole kind of uh, part for that, right? Or if you want to have multiple. Yeah, can, yeah, or you could, or you could uh, have different kind of uh, characters respond in different sorts of ways, and, and it can do that, or at least give you ideas for that. Um, and and I thought that, that was pretty clever. But but there's a part of me too that appreciates. You know, we've talked about. Yeah, I think uh, aside from the show, this idea of of author voice, or just you know, in our case, like student voice. You know, when I'm writing, I I have my own voice I'm trying to cultivate, and so I wouldn't want the any sort of AI technology to become my voice. It would just simply supplement it or help to kind of help me fine tune my voice, but not necessarily be my voice, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and so, say that again. Yeah, no, it makes it makes sense. I mean, I was like the, the whole voice thing and ownership. You know, who who owns the work is a, is a longer topic for a different show. Well, for sure, but by the way, yeah, but I think my my basic point is just that I think that this fear of, you know, oh well, you're someone's going to lift all AI. Yeah, I suppose you could have that. Like you, you think about people who will, um, uh, in, in a similar sort of way, they'll go to Amazon to find some popular book, they'll uh, reprint it and try to resell it as if it's their own work. It's just totally lifted. Like th- there is always going to be some level of that, but I don't think that's anywhere near what the norm is going to be. That the yeah. vast majority of people are like, I actually want to make my write my own story. You know, I want it to come from me. Um, yeah, I think I think there's always going to be that impulse to, the, for the individual to create. I think I think with the the market being um, so many books being published in the world, mm-hmm. and be it to market to be heard to get your voice out there. And AI is not at the at that spot now, but I think before long it will be generating some pretty decent, uh, compelling stories that people will just read because they're compelling, mm-hmm. and it becomes an interesting thing. Of I mean, entertainment's entertainment. I love a great terrible action movie, you know, as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And they're not high art, but man, are they fun? You know, you, you just think about you know trying to get your voice out there and say something, you could just get lost in the the, the, the massive amount of books being released, you know, yeah. depending, I don't know. It's, it, it's it, one it of those like, you know, what if scenarios, right? Well, but I mean, maybe, but then the flip side is, uh, I mean, you think about just by, as a corollary, you think about Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Apple TV, HBO Max, YouTube, et cetera, you got all these different platforms that didn't used to exist. And they've got tons and tons of various sorts of you know, TV shows, movies, documentaries, et cetera. And we're swimming in a sea. And great TV writing. Yeah, I mean, there's some wonderful stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that we have massive blockbusters in the same way. Although, well, I mean, we do with action films, but we, that, that the movie industry in particular shifted in some really interesting ways. But um, yeah, th- there's markets for these things. And so I think it's just a bunch of like kind of new compelling creative markets. And that's where I think it's kind of exciting. Yeah, so, it's, it's also the old like high, high brow, low brow thing, you know, the higher, sure. lower, you know. Yeah. Well, Pat, it sounds like to me that there's um, all kinds of things that keep on happening. It's going to keep on happening again and again. AI drops something new all the time. And there's 50 zillion people working on all these AI things. There's auto GPT, there's scooter, right? There's Beck's beer using AI. Um, it's overwhelming at times, but I think about my students and I think about my job and I, and I keep on just, you know, even if I feel overwhelmed, I think I just kind of sit back and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to try to enjoy the, the sheer velocity of, of this craziness and just, just go for it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a ride and it's uh, better to try to ride it than to jump off of it, I think. Fire.
<laughs> the bot. All right, that's said. I'm Mike Pearson. And Pat Burns. Take it easy. Bye. Once again, thank you for listening to the Bot Brothers AI for Educators. If you like the show, please follow us and give us a good rating. Also remember, this show is available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you want to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at the Bot Brothers. 